This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Oh, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> this is uh, this is episode fifty-four. Episode. This is episode fifty-four of the Herpeticulture <laughs> Podcast. I'm Jacob Bratz with Job Morelia. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. We have a we, we well okay. Let's back it up. We got to work on these intros. We do need to work on these intros. You mess them up. Every pretty, time. How do I mess them up every time? Because <laughs> I just stare at you. Yeah, you, you just look at me. Um, so we so don't much. have a fish head question of the week because Dr. Susan and Pia are on their way to, as my cord is just getting all up in my business. Oh my God. Make it stop. I wish you were better at life, Justin. Me too. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to St. Louis uh, for Exotics Con. Uh, the Association of Avian Veterinarians and the Association of Exotic Mammal Veterinarians and the Association of Reptile and Amphibian veterinarians joined together in st louis missouri to host building exotics excellence one city one conference the 2019 conference is in conjunction with the aazv uh the american association of zoo veterinarians uh and they look forward to attracting a record-breaking number of veterinary professionals for classroom and hands-on education networking and opportunities to meet with new and potential vendor contacts so this will be good for Fishhead. They'll get to talk to some more doctors, get in touch with some more people, spread the word that if you have like snakes with symptoms that aren't matching up with the traditional issues we typically come across, mm-hmm. you can send a test to Fishhead. You know, it's good to network, you know? Yeah, for sure. You feel me? I feel you. Real good? Always. Oh. <laughs> this is a family Ooh. show. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Pia said they will be talking with fellow veterinarians about what we are learning about NIDO and other infectious diseases. Be talking with other veterinary professionals. Professional so this is good. Hopefully this will get the get the well, word it's just, out. It's good to have more doctors that are kind of aware of what's going on. Hopefully we can share then, more knowledge and not, not NIDO. <clears throat> Off the cuff. Cuff. Oh. oh. Got some tricks up these sleeves, abracadabra, Holmes. Skirt, skirt. So that's what the kids say, right? What's been happening in the last week? Anything? Any news? No, man. Cool. Oh wait, yeah, I did get, did get a new female in. Oh yeah, that's right. From Sir Brahms. David Brahms. The man, not a myth. That's the the guy, dude. He's the man. Brahms is I'm like one of the coolest dudes in the hobby. Can't recommend him enough. His products are awesome. He's yep. a sponsor of the Condor Cast. SpecialtyEnclosureDesigns.com. Yep. Um, he's just a nice guy. Like, I talk to him daily, yeah. you know? Dave's like, I talk to him more than I talk to you, I think. Probably. You know? Because we actually see each other and stuff. So. Yeah. Is that a, yeah. Just a pinch of jealousy, I hear? No. Is that I, a tone? No. I actually get sick of talking to you, so <clears throat> it works out. Fair enough. <laughs> um... Um, but yeah, I mean, I got a, I got a new female from him. Uh, he was, uh, he sent me. He's a big one. Yeah. She's a big girl. You didn't believe um, me. Um, yeah, I was honestly surprised. 
You told me she was big. She's as big as my male brattles. You're like, said, no oh, way. Shit. I was like, believe it. Nah, I think yeah, I think your male brattles is bigger. I do, but she's not a, by much. She's a beefy so, snake. Honestly, she was a lot bigger when I stretched her out. When I first took her out, and when I first had her in the bag, and I was looking at her, I was like, oh, she's not that big. Then she stretched out, and I was like, okay, she's that she big. Kept trying to like <laughs> climb towards my face. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know you like that. She's a really sweet. She's a really she's, sweet. I mean, animal. she was fine when I yeah, had her, but she, she was, was still. I was like, I don't. For after you know being in shipping for so long, man, she was really cool when I took her out. I thought you were getting like a yearling or something smaller, and so when the oh, huge no. box showed up, I was like, what the? Oh hell? shit! <laughs> and I opened it up, and I was like, damn, this thing's yeah. big. Yep. So, we're going to give her a go this year. She's a real high yellow animal, so I'm really excited about that. Pop one carpet, of course. So. I just, she has, like, such a chunky head. Like, I pulled yeah. it out, I was like, damn. She thick. That thing's... Yeah. She's sexy, Don't dude. bite me as I'm pulling out the bag. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. She, it's not she's worth sexy. It. I don't know if I'd go that far. I, I wouldn't. That's kind of an odd adjective. No. It's not. It's accurate. It's okay. Exactly what it is. All right. Fair enough. Uh, this week, like I said, it's episode 54, which is like blowing my mind because it feels like it was just yesterday and you know, March will be two years. Nah. Yeah. March. March. Two years, dude. Holy balls. Two years. Two years. But. We've been doing the podcast for two years. Um. Yeah, episode 54, we're talking nephrurus yeah. geckos, knobtail geckos. Knob, knobtails, knobbies. Uh, let me go ahead and turn Phil up here. So, Phil, you're back. Like, you, we can hear you. Good day, Mike. Good day. <laughs> you know, it's strange. Do, like, going do, to you day- guys have a, do you guys have a moment to speak about our Lord and Savior, Raymond Hoser? <laughs> Whoa. Prank caller. Oh, my gosh. Prank caller. Uh, you know, I was amazed I didn't have somebody message me about that last episode. Dude, I like, can't believe it. Like, no one piped up. You. No one yeah. said a word. I think that says a lot. <laughs> They're all agreeing with you. Because we have a oh good bit God. of listeners in Australia. Like, we have a decent chunk. Like, yeah, we I do. look at the numbers. Yeah. So, someone someone probably passed it on to him. was like, hey, these Americans. I hope so. They think you're I mean, I think shit. it's hilarious because didn't he run for, like, a mayor unit, like, a mayor position or something, and they, he failed miserably? Probably. I have no idea, honestly. I don't keep track of anything he does. So, that's, uh... I don't know. Yeah. I want to name something after my, you know, dog or my turtle or something. Yeah. My imaginary friend. Myself. Yes. Yeah. Bratzai. Bratzai. <laughs> Bratzai. That actually has Bratzai. a nice Bratzai. ring to it. That does have yeah. a nice ring to it. Bratzarensis. Bratzarensis. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What would mine be? Squatch eye? Yeti eye? Smith eye. Not everyone, like, Smithy is already a tarantula. Yeah, there is there is a lot of Smith with an eye. No, it's the most, gen- I have the most generic white yeah. name of you're all so time. You're so basic. Like, it gets, you're so it, basic, Justin. The only, uh, like, there's one shade whiter of my name, and that's John Smith. Yeah, but other than that, like Justin Smith, that's like Clorox bleach. I mean, like we're Smith, at that level. Smith in general is just very, <laughs> yeah. it's, but it's unforgettable. I want I want a cool name like Wolf though. Wolf, like Phil right. Phil Wolf. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like yeah, it's, I mean, know, it's like a badass a CIA last name. agent that yeah. went rogue and I'm just like a sausage. Yeah, that's all I am. Every time I hear I'm your brat. name, I think about a, a brat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, I love brat. Sounds really good. Let's go to Fat Patties and get one. Yeah. It sounds delightful. Yeah, everybody yeah. everybody tries to pronounce my last name Bratz. I'm like, no, it's Bratz, like the sausage. Bratz doll. Yeah. I still have that picture on my phone. 
Yeah. I still laugh at it. Real funny. Every morning I wake up and I scroll through my photos and I look at that picture I made of your face posted over Brat's doll and I just laugh. (laughs) (laughs) See, even Phil laughs. It brings joy to people. No, it It does. It honestly does. No. I showed you that picture though that was sent to me. (laughs) Huh? The one with the midget on the shoulders. Oh my god, dude! Dude, The one I was laughing so hard. Dude, the one James sent the other day, the Chili's one. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. I don't Dude, like. What are the Munchkins from again? I have no idea. Because I, I don't care. even remember. It was hilarious. I, don't I know. saw it. It was like I woke up early. It was so like seven a.m. I was still like half asleep. I looked at it and giggled and went back to sleep. I was like, yeah. And he's like, you didn't respond. You must not have liked it. I was like, no, dude, it's funny. And just no, the one, the shoulders one was definitely that one made me laugh. That one, I was at work and I opened that and I was cracking up. That shit was hilarious. But um, I didn't post that one though. I don't. I didn't want to get us flagged on Instagram. Yeah, or something. I was that, like, Let's not. yeah, that was a little. In in, let me paint you a picture. Someone photoshopped my face <laughs> over someone else's face at what appears to be some sort of strip club or club yeah. nightclub venue with a midget, like half naked midget, with clear surgical implants. Yeah, on my shoulders, being squeezed, getting her woo girl on, being squeezed by somebody else, yeah, a some bystander. Other blonde, I don't know. Bystander. It was woman. pretty good. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. Was it? Was it at least a good Photoshop or no? Uh, it was. Uh, I think that, uh, it was okay. It wasn't that great, but like I think that's also part of what made it funny. Future employers can't go and find it and be like, "This is totally you, dude." But if you guys yeah, want, if you guys want to see it, as long as mom doesn't get mad. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it hasn't really seen the light of day outside of a handful of people. So, if you want to see it, just message me. I'm sending it to Phil right now. Uh, Phil, check your phone. (laughs) It's sent. Let's see what we got here. Oh, there it is. (laughs) I mean, oh, that is champion. That's pretty funny. Champion. I like how just because of the bad Photoshop. The midget looks bigger than, like, you. I mean, it makes my head look smaller, so that's okay. You see it again? It does. It does. Oh, it shrinks man. my head. Hey, honestly, that if that picture so was funny. real, it would be a hell of a night. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'd be proud of that. Be like, dude. I like, I like the creepy guy in the background just smiling. That's good. I never even noticed that. Dude, dude, that's what, that's what I'm going to... They totally should have put your face over that. Oh, my you God. see it right there? Oh, my God. <laughs> or, at least, or make... Put Bratz's face as like the girl in the white dress. That would be a good one too. <laughs> I mean, oh you know, blonde stuff. My favorite part is that they took the like that photo they took that from is a picture of me and my fiance and our oh, child. Oh no! Like, yeah, <laughs> like, you're right. Cool. It is. Oh my God. Like, all right. Yeah. Hey, at least they left her out of it. That's right, dude. For your bachelor party, I'm gonna find a midget strip club. I'm gonna take you to it. I don't think they have ones completely devoted to that. That that's disappointing. Um, I mean, if it, if it exists, it's probably in Vegas somewhere. <laughs> go to Vegas. I've never even been to a strip club. Hangover Part Five. I haven't either. I don't. I don't so, know. It's never. It's not my. Cup it's of, never it's not appealed my cup to me. Tea. Like the thought of being yeah. in a room with a bunch of other dudes all staring yeah. at like, the same girl. Nah, no, dude. Kind of it's it's like, never. Yeah. My buddies wanted to take me out to one for my 18th it. birthday, and I was like, no, I'd rather not. I'd rather just you know hang out at the house. Like, yeah. I'm, like I'm good. I don't like, do it. Uh, Not my thing. Nah, me neither. But you know, to each their own. Yeah, well, whatever. That was a joke, anyway. Peer pressure is a hell of a thing. Yeah, it's it's real, but doesn't affect me. But that's not why we're here. We're here for knobtail yeah. geckos. Yeah. And Phil was hanging yeah. out with me at Daytona. And Phil, 
I have to say, buddy, it was almost like I had known you my entire life. Dude, he's cr- he's man crushing on you hard. Like, it, dude, I, he was I just been, there, and then we were just sitting back, and we were smoking. It was like, yeah, we man. had been there the entire yeah. time. Literally. Yeah, he's he's man crushing hard, man. It's like, man, it's fine. I'll, it was so I'll cool. allow it. I'll he accept. likes Roma craft. It's, it's like it was so cool. We just hung out. It was, it was like we, it's like we knew each other forever, man. It's like it was awesome. Oh, that's great. It's great. It's good shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Where I'm, were you? Kind of sad. I don't know. He showed he up. Were... He was fashionably late. Yeah. I think there's a certain cutoff for the fashionably late thing. Dude. All right. I mean, he, he was there though, and that's yeah. what matters. Dude, I was dude. I made that trip in a day there and back. You were. I don't All know, right. man. I give you props All for right. that because that's that ride back home was kind of brutal. It was kind of boring. I was like, this yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I was listening to like podcasts or something. I was listening yeah. to Joe Rogan. And, and I had already done it once that day. Yeah. To get out of here with that no. crap. No, thank you. Dude, but, Pennsylvania wasn't much different, man. That was, oh, I'm sure that, that was, was even worse. That was 12 hours there, 10 hours back. I did that it's crap like in a week. People weekend. keep asking if we're going to Tinley, and I'm like, no. Hell no. Not this you, time. You go to Hamburg for PA? No, he went to Carpet Fest. No, I went to Carpet Fest. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Northeast. Yeah. OG. That was, uh, that was a good time. But yeah, that was. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm gonna make the drive again. I might try and fly next time yeah. if I have the money. I mean, it's probably only like what a four or five hour flight, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably Maybe not six. Bad. But do you, he, do you guys bring snakes or no? No, not to Carpet Fest. There, it's one of those things like yo, we go to closed it's collections. More of a social usually. thing rather than a uh, right business. Yeah, I was legit bummed I didn't get to go to this past one in Florida. Well, you have the 2021, which yeah, will be man, even better. It's coming up in February. Oh, I will be there most definitely. Awesome with bells on. With I already, bells, I already asked promise? for the time off. If I get denied that time, something's gonna happen. We're gonna figure something out. We will fight somebody. I will go I and contract the develop... flu on purpose. Yeah, you're gonna have a cough that weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. Do whatever I have to do because it was so much fun the last time. It'll be even more fun this time now that we kind of know everybody. Dude, this year's gonna be insane, man. It, it's gonna be. I'm actually probably gonna drink. Yeah. Last year I had like a beer. I was like, I don't really know these people. Everybody's fucked up last that was weird. year. Oh, excuse my. Whoa. Excuse my French. This is oh a my Christian God. program. Uh, really? Really? <laughs> Thought you were a man of moving God. On, moving on. Uh, but Daytona so, was good, man. I yeah. was really glad I got to hang out with you. Give you. It a was bunch, a blast, gave, man. Gave I you cigars. So I spent a bunch of like money on expensive beers. We all got cool animals, which is great. Yeah, what did you end up going home with? I wound up grabbing. Um, you a got a pair. handful of things. I did. I got. A, I got a couple of things. I wound up getting a pair of Underwoodosaurus Millie um, from DW Geckos. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the guy's name for the life of me, and that's horrible. I, feel I was bad about looking that. at some of those cages they had for sale. There were some that were like perfect for adult cyania. Mm. Yeah, man. He's he yeah. had some great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, which is Leland Ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. EW guy goes, yeah. He um he had a ton of Underwoodosaurus on there that he bred, and uh, he has them all beautifully displayed in the little deli cup, you know, PVC holders. And I was like, man, these babies are crazy. And he's like, yeah, look at that hypo. And I'm like, yeah. Here's my oh. money. <laughs> Take my money now, yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> this gecko's so crazy. Put I think I'll box. pay for it. Put it yeah. in a box. Meanwhile, I'm walking around. My my friends were that were with me. They're like, what'd you buy? I was like, baby geckos. They're like, dude. That's less than a gram. And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> they made it home. They're alive. Yeah, you sent me a picture. Those things are Damn. tiny, dude. Tiny. Tiny. Little, little, little. That's nuts. Like smaller yeah, than morning there. geckos, I think. Oh, yeah. Super tiny. I mean, they're not like, you know, bino size or anything, mm-hmm. but they're they're tiny. 
So, but they're fat now, slurping down worms. Nice. Me too. Hey. Uh, uh. <laughs> Justin's always got worms in his mouth. I got worms. Anyways, um, Hit me up with some Pladril. Some of that Panicure. I actually have friends that I was listening to you talk about um, field herping with um, uh, forgive me yes yes Old yes nipple. nipples yes nipples, nipples. and uh, <laughs> I, he was talking about how everyone goes to Costa Rica and I have so many friends that are like Phil let's go to Costa Rica man let's you know catch eyelash vipers and blah 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 and I'm like yeah but everyone kind of does that you know and it's funny is because they all take panicure with them like bovine panicure and they do shots while they're down there <laughs> Oh my god! I think it's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. So where would you go? Um, Australia is obviously top of the list. Right. Top of the list. But uh, I have a huge affinity for Africa. Um, the history, the animals, all of it. And yeah. once climate, in terms of politics, maybe get a little better, I would love to do like, you know, Limpopo and Transvaal and. I would love to go to Morocco and do like the Atlas Mountains, catch some Legion Cobras, you know, mm-hmm. the, the usual, you know, the usual, the usual yeah. walking apart, ain't none. Yeah, walk, walking apart, it's just a puddle jump, you know. Yeah. He just yeah. doesn't want that Tears of the Sun stuff to happen to him. Oh yeah, oh no, definitely not. You ever see that movie? No, it's crazy. It's kind of sad. Great. It's actually very sad. It's, it's There's super nothing sad. bright and cheery it's about that sad. movie. It's called yeah. Tears of the Damn Sun. Like that should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, it does the sun doesn't cry unless it has to? Bruce Willis is awesome, man. He is, he is awesome. And uh, Monica Bellucci. Yes, yes. She was hot in the Matrix. Very much so. That accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, what, Italian or French? One of the two. I think Something like that. But once again, Brat, stop derailing this conversation. I, My God. Yes, yes. Departure from hell. <clears throat> uh, so you were obviously here for Knobtails because that's kind of your jam. That's why I call you the Wolf yes. of Wheeler Eye. Hashtag <laughs> Wolf of Wheeler Eye. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty clever. It's incredibly I'm, clever. I'm proud it. of it. I'm going to get you a shirt. That says I mean, Wolf I, of I can never call myself that because it's just super embarrassing. But if you do it, that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you, it can't, you can't refer to yourself as you know, your nickname. Yeah. Like, hey, um, my name is Phil and uh, I'm the Wolf of Wheeler. They call me the Wolf of Wheeler. I take that to the club. Call oh, me the God. Wolf of Wheeler. See how many numbers you score. Like, hey, get with the Wolf. <laughs> Run with the pack. It's <laughs> horrible. Wolf of Wheel Ride. Run with the pack. Run with the pack. Get with this alpha. Atrocious. <laughs> Jesus. God. I'm not a beta or a zeta on the alpha. Like, so you have wolves? No. No, I have no, these I geckos with gecko. these weird little nipple tails. Yeah. They don't and like huge eyes. Yeah, they, they're really fragile, so don't even look at them. Yeah, just don't, just don't even think about them. All right. Yeah. So you have like a little bit of everything though. Like you're, you got some snakes, you got some carpets, you got some venom yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. But geckos seem to be kind of like your big thing. Yeah, most definitely. R- r- at least right, right now. And so, like, how many? What are you keeping right now? You know. Um. What's right the, now? I have. What, it's hard because. They're very expensive, as I'm sure some people know. And there's a lot of people that breed them, but they're very selective. And they kind of like to keep it amongst themselves. I don't want to say that it's that tight-knit of a community where you can't find one or you can't buy one. Mm-hmm. But getting a quote-unquote deal just doesn't happen. Like Chihuahua Exactly, exactly. And it comes down to 
it's not that they're being elitist or that they think that their animal is better than anyone else's. It's that they put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into these stupid mm-hmm. little geckos. So they want to get a good price for them, you know. But uh, I've got a good handful of wheeler eye. In fact, that's what I'm going to uh, – actually, wheeler eye synced this, excuse me. Um, and I'm going to be breeding them this season. I had some females do some egg action last year, and it did not work out well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I actually had one female that dropped two perfect eggs that I literally cooked perfect. And when it came down to the time, I went to pip them, and they were completely hollow. Oh, like nothing in never, them, just like air, literally, like, a, like a bag of Lay's it, chips, just nothing in it. it. It was literally a bag of Lay's chips, but perfect. When you squeezed it, it had give to it. It was, it was a flawless egg. That's a perfect odd. specimen, completely hollow, not a single drop of moisture on the inside. It was a very depressing day. It's my own fault. How would they even come out like that? I have no idea. How is that possible? I, I, think they, I think that they were infertile and the perfect amount of humidity in the sand and, you know, the humidity in the incubator they just perfectly, you know, mummified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would check them every couple of weeks, but I don't like messing with stuff in the incubator just because I've had a lot of friends have a lot of bad experiences with mold and stuff like that. Yep. I have a good friend who had two clutches of beaded lizard eggs go bad real quick just because he kept opening the door and looking at them. So we're in South Florida. Mold is everywhere. I mean, if you walk down the street, you're breathing in spores. So I try and keep the incubator as closed as possible, but I may have abandoned them a little bit too much this time, so this season I'll be a little more mindful, and fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've got a bunch of Wheeler Isinctus. I've got a good handful of uh, Levis Levis. And unfortunately, as of right now, I only have one Amy Eye. And it's a female. It's a baby that I've been raising up. And uh, do you remember the guy this past Daytona who had the, the tower full of Amy Yeah, that was, uh, that was Trace Harden. Trace Harden. So yes. Trace has been my boy for a long time. I bought a lot of geckos from him over the years, and he produced an amazing animal. Unfortunately, he had some other projects he wanted to do, so he got out of the um, AMI. But this one baby is just a trooper. She's a girl. So if I can find the right male within the next year or so, maybe 2020, 2021, excuse me, she'll be ready. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Nice. So what's... uh? It, it's what other geckos do you have though? Because you have all the, you've got. I mean, what's your total collection? Like, what's the number? Ugh, um, probably. Let's let me look at what I got right now. It's two, four, six. I probably got about ooh, right around twenty knobs. Um, oh. and then that's it for geckos at my house. I have a couple other species at some friends' houses that they really like them and they work mm-hmm. with them and stuff like that. Chondrodactylus. Um. Anglifer, which is an awesome species where me and my friend are actually trying to get a couple more of them. Um, crap, I don't even remember. A, a, a lot of stuff, but at my house, what I keep is mostly knobs, and then I have girdle tail lizards and a lot of venomous. And carpets, excuse me. A lot of venomous. You got some cool stuff. Though. You uh, got like Colette snakes and stuff, stuff you don't really see So I don't personally own the Colettes. The Colettes is actually at Underground Reptiles. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been teaching a venomous mentor program out of there for over 10 years now. So they're always getting stuff in and selling it and back and forth. They do a small, small handful of venomous breeding. Mm -hmm. But their whole big thing is lizards, tegus and stuff like that. But every once in a while, we'll get somebody, you know, who wants to sell a whole collection. So in that collection, there was a bunch of Panisius, some Colettes, um, Pop One Black Snake, bunch of cool stuff so i take some pictures from there i got about 30 snakes at home though mm-hmm. um almost all of them are venomous except for four carpets so 
Nice. I actually just got a pair of uh, uh, 2019 Darwins, and then I've got an 18 uh, Bretelie and a 17 Bretelie. Love these Bretels. Yeah, love them. Justin loves his Bretels. I do. Those Darwins. Love I, them, man. I bet you're supposed to send me a picture of those Darwins. I still, I still want to oh, see those I know things. I if you followed him on Instagram, you'd know. I do follow him on no, Instagram. No, no, no. I, I was telling Brats yesterday that when I went to go pick up the stupid things, my buddy who runs the shop, he was like, hey, man, how come you're not buying these pop ones? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he opens these drawers, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, Brats, what did we call it? What was it? Uh, oh, Amber Waves of Sexy. Yeah. Yes. Amber uh, waves no, of that's, sexy. That's, that's, that's what he called my girl, the girl I just got in. Amber waves yeah, of sexy. It, like it wasn't nearly as honey dripped as Bratz's uh, snakes are, mm-hmm. but the, these were damn good IJs. Yeah. So. Pop ones. <laughs> whatever you want to call them, man. People I make a big deal out of it. It's ridiculous. I don't, I don't give a shit what you call them. I know. I think it's hilarious how every single episode you have to remind us. Yes. I do. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> I the, love the it. debate will never end. Because people, dude, people they Some make people, people have made just such a big deal out of it. I'm like, dude, just call them what you want to fucking call them. People are about know. to like throw fists over this crap. Yeah. It's like, really? It, whatever. I don't care. Crazy. It don't matter. It don't. Matter. I I think it's crazy how, you know, Darwin's and and Pop ones are still the same thing. Now I don't agree with Hoser in the least capacity whatsoever, ever, but they're pretty different if you ask me. Yeah, I mean that land bridge has been gone for twenty five I mean, million right years. Now, right now, they are they are considered a different subspecies. Oh, really? What, what, what are they doing so now? Yeah, um, but the IJs, Popwins, whatever are um, the Harrisoni, and then um, Darwins are Variegata, if I believe. Okay, see, I thought the Harrisoni was one of Hosier's things. It, it is, is, but it's but also accepted that's, by people. That's it's the one that he did that is like. It's kind of what we have when for I now. See it, I grip my so, teeth some people like, I don't, don't. Some people don't acknowledge it uh, because of they're naming it. But and normally I, I don't really refer to them as Harris and I. But if I have to give them a scientific name, Morelia yeah, Spilota, Papaya and I. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Do you remember that old commercial with the Native American guy with the rogue tear going down his face? I think so. That's so. me right now. Oh my god. <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> yeah sorry it's yeah, uh man. you know but yeah you, you should you should get somebody you're, uh, you're trying I, to I'd sell like to it to get everybody sold on them I'm trying to get everybody man people want them now i'm not getting, how about this? just get keeping my one how about this how about uh <clears throat> excuse me in i would say 2007 i was working i've worked for several different importers over the years mm-hmm. in 2007 I got in a shipment of IJ babies that I'm pretty sure we sold for 40 bucks a baby. Mm. Something like that. Wow. Yeah. I remember one of the well, first carpets I had was a, was a pop one. I think it was awesome. I remember, I just remember people were like, Oh my God, it's a jungle. It's black and yellow. We have to have it. And they're like, Oh, Erie and Jaya. Oh, get away from me. Yeah. I was yeah like, no, they used to be wrong. like the, people, like the garbage people, Morelia for some reason. People turn their nose up to IJs for a long time and, I don't know. I feel like now they're finally starting to like make their full. Well, yeah, no, definitely. You know? like, watching everybody's, them, everybody's, dude. It, it just in this past like year or so, art. they've been, they've hit a top, dude, and they're peaking now. Because I mean, it, that was 2007 that I had right. my first one, mm-hmm. 
And I remember they Most. were always Erie and Johnny's. They were never pop ones. It was never questioned. Like they Eerie were IJs. Yeah. And the pop one. It was thing like really nobody didn't... was doing really anything with them. Yeah, there were there hasn't been a lot of work done. With and them. I remember it being so different from the other like jungle hybrid I had at the time, like the jungle coastal, mm-hmm. and some of the other ones I had because it was just completely looked completely different. Like it was odd. And now looking back at it, like seeing just how far they've come in such a short yeah, period man. of time, you know, I'm oh, sure yeah. Eric Burke had a lot to do with that. And oh yeah, all those guys that have been. Hammering them for the last decade. As, yeah, it's uh... well. That's like uh, Justin. That that picture I sent you uh, was it Wednesday of that Blue Aru from I, I think it was 2005 Daytona. Mm-hmm. It was like Blue Aru, sixty five hundred dollars. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. You know, looking wow. back, that's insane. Hormonal blue, I'm sure. It wasn't even necessarily genetic. It was just a female that oh, had yeah. made a couple clutches and just <sighs> stayed blue and never went back. Jeez. Oh yeah. Did I ever tell you about the uh, West African Green Mamba I had that was turquoise? I think you you might have sent me a picture of that. I think I might have sent you a picture of that. that I got thing was um, nuts. there was a wholesaler down in uh, in Miami who had that thing, and it's a horrible story when you think about it. But I'm an extremely safe dude. I try to be as safe as possible with MS. You know, no accidents. I don't have to touch stuff. I'm not a showboater. What a but freak! <laughs> All right, I know. So, like, oh, my God, I have an Instagram account, and I don't feed him on my Cobras? Nah. What, are you crazy? So, how are people supposed to know how big your genitalia is if you're not freehanding on oh Instagram? Oh, my God. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> I'm, I must, it's got to be tiny. It's got to be. It's got to be. So, obviously. I go Absolutely. No question. <laughs> I go down there, and I see this turquoise mamba. And when I mean turquoise, like, blue, blue is the sky, right? Mm. And I'm like, I need that animal. So I'm like, how much for that animal? They're like, I don't know, hundred bucks. Sold. I buy it. I bag it up. I container it. I take it home. I set the thing up. Twenty-four hours later, it is almost this yucky pea soup green color. Not even like pretty lime green. It's <laughs> like an ugly green. And I'm like, why is this thing? This thing was turquoise. I was like, maybe it's UVB. I, I don't know. I've never had a. I've never had a mamba do this before. And then I realized, I was like, wait a minute. What did the sign say on the cage? So I go back to the importer, and sure as hell, what does the sticker say? 0.0.2. Following me here? There's two animals. Oh, yeah. There was another mom in there I didn't know about. And guess what? You got the wrong one. No, 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 no. I got the right one. The other one was a girl. And he was just super horny. Oh, hormonal blue. But yeah. but you're you're still missing the whole point of it is that I didn't know there was a second one in there, and I'm bagging this thing not knowing that there was a second one in there. Oh my oh, god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after talking yeah. to Cody at, before the little pre Daytona thing, he was telling us about kind of the attitude differences between westerns and easterns and blacks, and he says westerns are the worst. Those in the Jamesons, he's like they're just they're yeah. the nuttiest of the bunch. He right. said everyone thinks yeah, blacks would... are chaos. He's like westerns. Blacks don't hold a candle to those things. Jeez. Yeah, I personally would say Jamesons are the worst in terms of don't touch me, bro. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, the blacktail Jamesons, which uh, I don't even know if it's a subspecies anymore, Chemosi, Chemosi, whatever it is, mm-hmm. those things are literally batty. Hmm. They just like, oh my God, a human end the world. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I must climb it as soon <laughs> yeah, as I can, die. as fast. Yes. I'm going to climb it, bite it, and poop on it within 0.3 of a second. Yeah, yeah. being in the room and or you know in the in the area where he keeps where Cody keeps his mom was you know we have this the like him taking the blacks out wasn't all that nerve wracking 
because the blacks just if you were slow and you just took your time they were kind of like okay cool yeah whatever let's do our thing but the westerns man that, you uh, touched them with the hook and they were like bye like coming out climbing up the rack it was like geez. mother of god and there's like no hook long enough because cody's like short you know he's not that tall yeah he's shorter than me and so he's like got this hook that's like longer than he is and he's like moving this thing and i was cody like jesus doing that. Oh, oh yeah, I, I actually. Uh, what were you saying? I had my back to the door. I was ready. I was like, nice. I, I know my that, exits. Yeah. Hopping that mom with the change color. Um, I actually had it on display at um, Underground Reptiles retail store in Deerfield Beach, and it was great because I had live plants in there. It was really pretty, and people were like, "Oh my god, look at the mamba! Oh, I'm amazing!" You know. But I didn't realize how much of a horrible idea that was because we had to close the store. I had to make all the staff go outside. Yep. So it's just me and the snakes so that no accidents happened, you know. And it got tedious. And I was like, why do I have this thing on display? So I actually had a, a friend of mine on outside of Tampa who had major venom production. Um, and I called him up. I was like, hey, man, do you want this thing? I'm just going to, you know, give it to you. He's like, yeah, I need another mail, blah, 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 blah. Well, my friend at the time he was getting his pilot's license. Actually, he had just got his pilot's license. And he was like, hey, do you want to take a flight somewhere? I don't know, somewhere easy, you know, two, three hours. Maybe we'll go to Key West for lunch or something. I'm like, hey, want to go to Tampa? And he's <laughs> like, why? What's in Tampa? I said, well, I got to give my friend this mamba. Let's do snakes on the plane. And he's like, all right, screw it. <laughs> it. So I have pictures of like, you know, the danger venomous wooden box in the backseat of the airplane. We we flew that sucker to Tampa and uh, that's where it lives now. Did you parachute out yeah. and land with the crate in your hands? Like How great in, a, in a tuxedo? <laughs> oh, that would have been sweet. Package delivered. That's right. Package delivered. You've been served by the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> so weren't we talking about geckos? <laughs> we yeah, were. I, we were supposed to be departure yeah okay all right, all right all right so what uh what was what was your first draw to uh knobtail geckos like why did why'd you start, aside from their you start cool looking them? geckos yeah I, different I, i'm not gonna lie like i a while ago i was like you know what i want to look for an off the wall gecko like from the australia area did you see the ones see at Daytona? That. yeah I they're did. just they're odd they're looking. so they're little alien cool man i they're love really? them i've loved oh, yeah. i love knobtails for a long time man i just yeah, I've never, you know, I got out, got out of keeping geckos a long time ago. Things so. with legs. Yeah. I, it's I, a ton I, of work for lazy snake guys like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it, but that, and that's exactly what I tell people. Like, why, do keep, why do you keep lizards? Because I'm lazy. Like, you ever kept snakes? Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> I don't, yeah, so. I have yeah. to feed them more than once a week? What are you talking about? Yeah, but okay, what, uh, what, what drew you to knobtails? So, Obviously, we're all kids. We all love animals. I don't know. Maybe it was Rescuers Down Under, which I don't think there is a knobtail in that movie. But anyway, that movie was awesome. You get infatuated with Australia, you know? Mm. You start learning about animals, and it's like, wow, these things are so much cooler than my leopard gecko. No offense, leopard gecko people. Yeah. Uh, no offense. But they're just amazing. And I was like, you know what? I don't know enough about geckos. They're really expensive. I'm a young, dumb kid. I'm going to wait. And then time went on and time went on, time went on. My friend actually won a, God only knows how old it was, adult male uh, Amy in an auction for like 80 bucks. And wow. he's like, hey, man, I don't want this thing. Do you want it? I said, sure, absolutely. You know, And uh, he gave it to me. And I had that thing for years. And it passed, I'm assuming, of old age because the thing was gigantic. And, uh, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm a grown-up now. I'm a big boy. 
I can get some cool ass geckos. And it just snowballed into a, a big boy with addiction. a job and a bank account. I can do what I want. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Screw you, mom. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I actually, you guys know sea serpents, right? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so me and Chris from Sea Serpents, we go way back. Um, even before he had that business, when he was just, you know, doing some boas and berms at home and stuff like that. And he's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm building some racks, you know. And I wound up getting a couple really nice breeder racks from him um back in the day and i still have them and they were basically collecting dust and i was like this is perfect i'm gonna start my gecko crusade and mm. the rest is kind of history nice man so what is it about those compared to the others you've kept that's that's sort of keeps um, you focused it, it is, to those solely yeah like compare comparably comparably to something like a leopard gecko or bearded dragon you know what well the, not even that even some of like the other australians like the spiny tails or the yeah. ones that shoot like the weird ass web Tail, yeah, like sticky spider. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I think it comes down to the the desert lifestyle. Um, watching an animal make its home almost every night. You know, finding where the humidity is in the cage, digging a burrow, um, interacting with each other. There's a ton of things going on in that little gecko's mind that mm -hmm. we'll never comprehend. You know, to this day, no one actually knows the sole purpose of the knob tail. Um, we know that it's packed full of sensory organs. We know that it's used in breeding and it's used in called alluring and hunting and all that jazz, but nobody really knows what it is and there isn't enough data to do it. There's a, uh, there was actually a really good study done a few years ago that had a bunch of great hypotheses and a couple proven things, but watching them use that tail to talk to each other, to hunt, you know, to for mating purposes and, you know, mating dance and, hey, pretty lady, what do you think of my knob? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's just they're just an awesome intelligent species and the fact that they're so unique you know that whole carpodactylidae family they're so unique because they've been stuck on this island continent for generations mm -hmm. and generations there's nothing else like them in the world yeah um the fact that they have the tubercles the spikes on their body as a modified scale there's nothing like that on our planet besides them so they're just amazing little creatures that live a, a good life and they're incredibly smart for being a little gecko for lack of a better word mm -hmm. it's so you know, strange just australia period is like that place where god was like i got some leftover parts from this yeah oh, I got exactly. like a half a snake that was supposed yeah, to be yeah, a rat yeah. snake you know in yeah. china somewhere like oh i got yep. a lizard that i kind of want to look like an alien for real and then oh yeah you know uh, I mean, platypuses and then we talked about cassowaries like i'm gonna create a giant velociraptor that'll just kill people when it yeah. feels like it and uh which was actually a conversation we had at daytona that you missed we had like a hour-long plus conversation about cassowaries and just how vicious oh and God. how horrible of a death that would be yeah. <laughs> but Horrible. just australia just period man it's just like we got all these leftover parts put them on this island and forget yeah. about them you know <clears throat> It's going to put everybody yeah, there to die. <laughs> Island of Misfit Toys. Australia's awesome, the where it's at, man. Dude, it's... Uh, I want to I go so bad. I, uh, one day, buddy. One day. One day. Most definitely. Most definitely. Actually, it's, it's funny because I, I try and keep my geckos in... I actually have one gecko set up super badass in the kitchen. It's a, a male Levy's Levy's. A smooth, smooth knobtail. And uh, I have him set up in the kitchen. He's my kitchen gecko. And he's got these cool jagged rocks and these, you know, dead plants in there to make it very arid looking. And he has, like, the display. Everything else is in a rack system. But I try and give them a larger tub than most people. Mm -hmm. um, I 
pretty sure it's 18 or 20 quarts, something like that, that most people don't keep them in an enclosure that big. And uh, I actually have a, a good friend, or I should say a, an excellent pen pal that we, in Australia, um, Elliot Budd. You can check him out on Instagram. He has some amazing photos. He was actually doing a lot of research with um, uh, Necros Asper in Queensland. And he actually devised a tracking system, like a radio transponder, into like a miniature little backpack. And he would literally catch a gecko, with, licensed and permitted, of course. And he would strap this little backpack on the gecko. And then he would spend, you know, 18 to 20 hours tracking this thing. Come to find out that they would traverse over 100 yards a night. Wow. Every single night, they would typically go back to the point that they started, which I guess was, the, you know, their home or their borough or whatever. So it totally gave me a whole new insight as to, wow, we keep these things in plastic tubs. What the F? I can only so, move eight uh, inches. What the hell? Right, right. Yeah. So I try and make them as naturalistic as I can with as much space as I can, obviously permitting because I do live in an apartment. But um, I try and make them as much space for them to roam and dig and have some diversity in their ecosystem that I have in this tub. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it'd be interesting to see if someone did got like a 100-gallon aquarium or something, just the biggest aquarium you can find, and just deck it out, kind of like how you have your kitchen one set up and just kind of see what they do, you know? Can you oh, yeah. can you house them like communally year-round? or? Yeah, there's actually um, a lot of people in Australia do. They do keep them communally. Um, the biggest problem is... There's kind of an old wives' tale of a male gecko in season will almost breed himself to death. And what happens oh, is, wow. same in the wild. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> in in the wild, um, <laughs> he tried. There's a, there's he a, tried to move on. <laughs> bit of a delay. Uh, yeah. The uh, you know in the wild, she can run away. He can run away. Right. You know, he may get distracted by a prey item. She may get distracted by another male. Who knows? Same. In the wild, they have a way to escape. In captivity, they don't. So she's sitting there going, oh, God, stop looking at me. He's like, hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? What's going on? Right. And the stress level on her increases. His stress level increases because she's unreceptive. Um, and it just becomes this health concern from overbreeding that's not even intentional. Um, so you when you have a, to love me and you will yeah, exactly. So a lot of the guys and girls down under that have communal tanks, they have a ton of space with a ton of variety of rocks and alcoves and plant right. life. Uh, you know, it is hard to get spinifex grass in the U S I've been trying for a long time. People are like, Oh, you just buy seeds. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't grow in a rack system. I got to figure that out. Um, but they plant live spinifex grass and, a lot of the species like uh, Delini and Stellatus, they make their home in the dunes that are held up by the spinifex grass. So they're literally burying their eggs in the root system. They're eating the bugs and, you know, the, the arthropods and the prey items, and in most cases, other geckos that are in the spinifex grass. Well, you can't do that in a tub. So a lot of these people will make, like you said, a 100-gallon tank or, or a 75-gallon tank, and they'll have four or five geckos in there, and they don't have that overbreeding desire that you get in a tub. So yes, they can be communal, but a lot of people don't always do it, especially in the U S yeah. I was going to say, I'd like to see somebody set one up in like a, like a four by two by two cage or something, you know, like have a big, big display with, you know, if you, if you know, it was safe, you know, and you add enough stuff, sure. I think that could be a super cool display, like a nice desert terrain setup. 
But you don't have yeah, male we, aggression, like in between, like 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 cresteds or leopards or anything like that. You yeah. put males together, and it's just it's it's chaos. All. Not not that I've noticed. Um, me personally, I can't speak for everyone. You know, I've been doing this a very short time in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like Justin Julander and Tom Wood and them. They've been doing this for decades. They're experts in it. I'm sure they've seen more responses than I have. But the stuff that I've noticed is only like, hey, man, that's my girl. No, it's not. It's my girl. And they go back and forth. Um, They may nip at each other. They may bark at each other or scream at each other. But there's not – it's not like Cresseds where they're literally going to kill each other. Hmm. Gotcha. Hmm. So what about a a quick rundown of just – you know, general care has set up and, you know, say somebody, if somebody wants to, you know, get it, get their first knob tail, how would you tell them to set up their enclosure? Let's backtrack. Like, how many backtrack. species are there total? And then what species are available in the States? Cause I know it's only a handful. It's like what, three or four, right? Um, there's actually more than that. Oh, um, in total, you've got 14 species overall. Um, however, not all of them are in the U S but most of them are, oh, really? um, I know that. depending on, and I say 14 species, I'm sorry. It's actually, I think it's nine and then the subspecies within. Okay. So, for example, you've got at the top of the American, you know, the, the pinnacle of the American market, I would say would probably be, the, you know, Nephris asper, um, the prickly knobtail. Um, they come from uh, Queensland all the way from the tip of the York Peninsula down to, like, you know, the Dejara Desert and that area. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, very diverse. Um, they can live in some lowland swamps. They can live in arid plain stepland. They can live in some, you know, mild arid desert type scenarios. Now, some of the geckos that come from up north, they're banded. You know, they're more tropical. There's more moisture. You know, they're, they're living around a lot of rainfall, a lot of puddles. They actually develop this zebra stripe pattern. They call them banded yorks. Um, those are like the top of it. Um, and then you get into uh, AMA and vertebralis, and stellatus, and then levis. Now, amia is like, everyone knows that one. Everyone knows it. it's the largest in the whole genus. It's the one that comes from Alice Springs, right in the red center. It's the big one. It's the majestic one. It's the spiky one. It's also expensive, even though it is fairly commonly seen. Um, the most popular, though, are hands down going to be the wheeler eye. Um, there's two types of wheeler eye. Wheeler eye, wheeler eye, which is rather expensive. It has four bands of black. A lot of them are blurred together and kind of looks like an ink blot test or a Warshak test. The other one is the ones that I keep, which is Wheeler Isinctus. They're more readily available. They're a lot cheaper in price. Um, they are a little more hardy, and I think that's what has made them so popular. Um, but I would recommend someone who's getting into it to look at those geckos because they give you a good idea of what a knob needs in terms of husbandry and stuff like that, but they are a little more forgiving for someone that's a little lax. So, obviously, there are different species and subspecies are going to be different sizes, but this are the Synctus, like, smaller or larger? They're a medium-sized gecko. Um, I would say that they're probably, on average, my adult females, ugh, I'm the gram weight off the top of my head, but... They get roughly half the size of a normal leopard gecko. You know, the tail is nowhere near as long as some of your leopards or fat tail geckos, mm-hmm. but they do have a larger tail than you'd expect for a knob tail. Um, my babies are usually like three and a half or four grams when they're born. They're super duper tiny. Um, some guys have bigger geckos when they're born. It all comes down to genetics. But for the most part, 
you know, an adult Wheeler Isinctus typically will fit in the palm of someone's hand, like from tip to tip. Um, some of the other species that you'll see are the Delini and the Vertebralis. These are a little more expensive. They're a little rarer, but they are starting to come around. There's a few species that you won't see simply because they're not in the U.S. Um, one of them is a newer species of Underwoodosaurus called uh, Cirrhosis. It's the Pilbara uh, barking gecko. As far as I know, there's none in the country. As far as I know, there's none in Europe. Um, it's a relatively newly described species that only comes out of the Pilbara Desert. It's actually super cool. It's like a rusty red color with like white and yellow spots. Super cool looking if you get to Google it. Um, other than that, almost all of them can be found in the U.S. However, there is a theory amongst some of the newer knobtail keepers that a lot of the pilbarensis that you'll see, Nephris levis pilbarensis, they're actually not pilbarensis. And a lot of guys and people out there will maybe rack the price up if they get a normal levis levis that has a little more red color to it or a little more purple color to it. So that's where it comes down to you as the buyer, you as the guy getting into it or girl getting into it. You really need to know who you're getting your gecko from. And that that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, especially with the Australian stuff, when it you know we're working with limited, you know, limited gene pool when it boils down, uh, you know, that stuff matters. Especially if we're trying to preserve bloodlines and subspecies and not trying to hybridize and. Exactly. There's actually um, there's a, a theory that, and some people will deny this. Me personally, I, I totally believe that this could totally be true. Um, that all the pillbar ancestors in the United States are head for all by now. And that's something that someone might, you know, use to their advantage. Oh, this one's more expensive because it's heifer albino. Other ones may say, no, I don't want it because it's heifer albino. Well, because there's only so many of them in the country, you might get stuck with it. And is that a, is that a naturally occurring trait? Not to my knowledge. Um, again, I would, you know, way. consult. What's that? Is it just popped up somewhere along the way? Yeah, um, I don't know if there are ever ones in the wild, because as you well know, albinos don't do good in the wild, especially when you have an area that you know has a 14 to 20 UVB index. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> tons of predators that are venomous and want to eat you. Extra crispy. Extra crispy. But in captivity, um, a lot of the pilbarenses do come out albino, and I, I know they have a couple different types. I'm not a huge morph guy. No. Um, I like to keep it more locality-driven in terms of my collection stuff. But it is out there, and there's a lot of them. Hmm. Yeah, see, I see, like, a handful of species. There's a few I need to look up when we're done, because I'm curious. Like, they are really cool geckos. Like, yeah. if that was something that you wanted to do eventually, I'd be like, eh, I might think about it. Yeah, but there's also, um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a species called the Kimberly Knobtail. Mm -hmm. It's a Nephrosheii. And the, there's pretty much none of them in this country, and there's very, very few in Europe. And one thing that I will say is that um, when Cooper redescribed the species in his most recent uh, description, one of the tall tale signs was that the digits were banded. So if you look at an Asper or you look at an Amii and their toes have stripes, mm -hmm. it's actually Shei. Hmm. So if someone says, oh, I got a Shei and it's XYZ thousands of dollars, well, hey, it's uh, toes don't have stripes. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Send me the pictures of the feet. So, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's there's a lot of things out there, um, but almost all the main species they are represented in the United States, and hopefully more people get into it. And hopefully more people breed them so that we can keep doing what we love with this stuff. 
Yeah. And how would you compare them to other species of geckos in terms of care and, and difficulty? In overall? terms of in terms of care, I would not put them at overly difficult, but I would say that stress plays a huge factor in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and limit my physical interaction with them as much as possible. Um, I do check them daily. Um, I do have a feeding, you know, routine that I get into, a misting routine that I get into. Um, but the biggest thing is people stress them out. You know, they take them places. You know, it's not a leopard gecko. It's not a fat tail gecko. It's not a crested gecko. It, it, they're knob tails, and they I don't get want the little to be... wings on it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure that it would just drop dead if that happened. <laughs> I'm little, pretty much convinced. The How to Train Your Dragon wings that people sell on Etsy. Right. Strapping to its back, they, Broth, Can we get some? Use some of those, right? I assumed you already had them. <laughs> yeah, I do. I've been I've been shopping. It's a Christmas present, but now it's ruined. Nice. Bratz has the headband that has the halo attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I feel that they're not difficult to keep as long as you do your homework and you realize what's entailed, it is not a leopard gecko. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you don't want to have a party and pass the thing around with noise and TV going and people drinking and whatnot. No, that thing needs to be left alone. Um, I've had geckos die in transit from stress. Um, you know, they were just in the deli cup a little too long and they literally were shaking <laughs> and it just wasn't a good scenario. So the biggest thing is leaving them be, I mean, I handle mine, I take them out, I play with them cool everything's happy and fine i don't do it multiple times a day i don't do it for more than you know 10 minutes or so yeah. i limit limited. exposure small small doses yeah. and i mean they're pretty flighty for the most part though oh yeah um i've got some wheeler eye that basically will just sit there and look at me like why are you touching me <laughs> and then i've got some levies that will be like whoa 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 get away from me and they run and they flip and they do somersaults and tumbles and whatnot um they actually can drop their tails um, they will grow back. However, when they grow back, there's no knob and there's actually usually no tubercles. It's actually super soft and smooth. Huh. I've never had one of my animals drop their tail, but I have received animals from other people that already had regenerated tails and it's super weird looking. It's not the same. Oh, it's not the same. There's, there's no bumps to it. There's no spikes. There's no tubercles. There's no rosettes and there's no knob. It's, it's like just someone like just erased weird... it. Yeah, it's just like this weird blob tumor-looking thing. That's kind of how, uh, how leopard gecko tails look when they grow it's back. Not, yeah, they're just not they're, the same. They're really like kind of close, gross but looking. Not, yeah. No, they're not even close. It's like they're big and puffy. I mean, it's and, the same general shape, kind of, but it's still, you can tell. Bigger it's like that ain't and, the yeah. original parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's an aftermarket tail. Oh, yeah. But no, I don't think they're difficult at all. I think that if someone wants to take the time to to take care of them, then rock and roll. You know, I look at these crested gecko people that, you know, they have to feed it some bugs. They have to feed it some, you know, Pangea powder, whatever that stuff is. And they make the little baby food puree and they do that every day or every other day. I I don't personally know because I'm not a big crested guy, but they do that routine. But then they look at taking care of a knob tail and they're like, oh my God, it's so much work. And it's the same amount of work. I'm just doing it with crickets and roaches and isopods i'm not doing it with puree you know yeah so how Uh, how often are you feeding yours then so my baby stuff gets fed three to four times a week depending on the size of the food that i can get for them Mm -hmm. um you know 
crickets come in the mail. So sometimes it's late. Sometimes my local shop doesn't have the exact size that I need. So instead of feeding them, you know, four or five two-week-old crickets, I'll feed them, you know, two uh, halves or whatever. As long as it can fit in their mouth and they're not going to, you know, choke or spit it out, that's kind of how I gauge it, Um, much like other geckos, much like other animals. Um, On the adults, again, depending on the time of year, depending on the temperature, how I'm breeding them, um, I will feed them probably two to three times a week, but I ration out the food because I don't want to dump you know, seven or eight crickets in there. And then they only felt like eating three. And now these crickets are jumping around. They're moving. They're annoying them. They're dying. Oh yeah. But, and now you see how we were talking about the female and the male can't get away from each other because they're in the tub. Mm -hmm. Same thing happens with the prey item. Right. So now you have these five or six crickets jumping around, annoying the crap out of the gecko and he can't go anywhere. Well, he's going to get stressed. Mm -hmm. So I usually only feed two or three crickets at a time. I'll make sure that that animal eats them. Then I'll add a few more and go from there. And yeah, that can be a little time consuming, but I got a lot of them. You know, if somebody only had one or two, it's really not that much work. And you have them on like a cycle as far as crickets versus roaches and some other stuff. Yeah. It depends on the species. Um, I try not to use roaches too much um, because the sand that I have them on, the roaches, they just dig in the sand. Yeah, you know? doobie are, are bad like that. Doobie are pain. Yeah, if it's horrible. loose substrate, they're going to find a way to hide in it. Yeah, and then at the same time, I never use roaches for baby geckos when mm-hmm. they're learning to hunt and they're learning how the world works because what happens is they're horrible at aim. Their aim is atrocious, <laughs> and they're always going to miss. Well, not only do they miss, but when they do hit the roach, they're hitting that smooth exoskeleton on top of the roach, mm-hmm. and they're not actually biting it. They're just bouncing off the off the helmet of the roach, so to speak. Huh. So then, so then it sits there like, what the hell? I can't eat this thing. And then all of a sudden, it's it's starting to get um, uh, deterred from eating, and now it's starting to get stressed. So I try not to give roaches to baby stuff. Um, I usually don't give mealworms until they're probably eight months to a year old, just because you know shells are a little harder to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a huge cricket guy, but I also don't force crickets if they don't want to eat them. That's fine. We'll find something else. See, I'm weird about mealworms, period, at any stage. I don't know. I just I don't feel like they have much going for them. You know, there's, like, shell, and then there's, like, a little bit of good stuff under there somewhere. Yeah, um, I, I agree, and I, I probably do it. <clears throat> I probably do the mealworms, like, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, just as, like, a kind of enrichment thing, mm-hmm. you know, because they're always on the hunt. They're always looking for prey items. They're always looking to crickets, and all of a sudden this worm comes out of nowhere, and they're like, whoa. Can I eat that? Is that edible? <laughs> it's, it's moving. It's actually, it, it's moving. <laughs> why, why is it so slow? You know, that kind of thing. Um, Waxworms are horrible. Uh, they literally sit there and don't move, and the geckos ignore them, and then I find them dried up on the sand. So that's What about black soldier fly larvae? Like I haven't Phoenix tried worms. them simply because I don't have that locally. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, locally I've got waxworms, millworms, crickets, roaches, um, and hornworms. I actually really like doing the hornworms, the really, really tiny, tiny, tiny little hornworms. They dance around a lot, which mm-hmm. is good for, you know, appealing to the gecko. And I'll give them maybe two of those. And that's the same equivalent food wise as having a few crickets. Obviously, there's different caloric intake that I have to be mindful of. I don't want them to get, you know, obese when they're children. But I do like to vary it up like that. And as far because the babies come out tiny, right? They're little, little. Super tiny. 
would you feel? I mean, obviously it just depends on the species, but you know, some of my babies, they're literally like four grams. Mm-hmm. And for those of you out there that don't understand, like one single M&M is one gram. So just ponder that over. Wow. But are you, f- I mean, are they so small that you'd have to feed them like Heidi eye or? Like- no, 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 no. I don't have to give them fruit flies or anything like that. Oh, okay. I'll usually wait a little bit. Um, let them kind of warm up to the world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, when I poke them and they react, you know, they twitch a little, I know that everything's going good up top. And then I'll usually throw in some pinheads, see how they react, maybe go right for the, the um, uh, two weeks and see how big the head is compared to the two week. And that usually gets them going pretty good. Um, I have held uh, roaches on tweezers and just held them there so the legs are kind of treadmilling mm-hmm. and they'll bite it off tweezers. Whatever works, you know, whatever yeah. gets them, mm-hmm. but never have to do Heidi Eye or anything like that. Oh, okay. And what's, what's your supplement like? Do you have a handful of different stuff? Because my dart, like my dart frogs, I've got uh, the Reptivite calcium with vitamin D3. I've got the multivitamin. I've got like three different kinds of Rapashi that I just, I have like a rotation of. Do you do something similar with these? I do. Um, obviously, I don't have UVB on them. Um, I've tried UVB and... I find that they will come out and look and be like, oh, crap, it's still sunlight, and then they'll go back in their hide. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I basically said, screw the UVB. Again, this I'm not an expert, but that's just what's worked for me. I have tried so many different supplements, and sometimes I notice a difference, and sometimes, to be really honest, I don't. But I always read the ingredients because a lot of these calcium powders, whether they have D3 or not, um, there's a lot of crap in there that doesn't necessarily need to be there uh one thing that was brought to my attention a few years ago is that a lot of the time when they say calcium it's literally just ground up oyster shells right and it does work it may be an overabundance and now that i have an animal that's not getting uvb that i'm reinforcing with a vitamin d3 i don't want them to have an a surplus of calcium or a surplus of d3 and all of a sudden now i have you know our, um, our renal metabolic bone disease, excuse me, couldn't talk there for a second. And now I've got kidney and liver issues. So I actually found that the Rapashi Super, uh, what do they call it? Calcium Plus, excuse me. That has a yeah. great mix of stuff. It's the one that has the like tangerine leopard gecko on the front. Mm-hmm. That has a great mix of stuff with good levels of the fiber and crude protein and stuff like that. And it doesn't have a lot of extra crap in it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of the ones I, I have on rotation for the darts. Yeah. And that, and that stuff is great. And I always give them D3. Um, I've talked to a couple people over the years. Um, I know, uh, Steve Sykes, he uses, uh, always uses D3 simply because they're not getting the UVB. Um, the food that they're eating is not necessarily getting the UVB either. So, you know, we kind of augment how we can. And what's uh, what kind of temps are you keeping yours at? You do like daytime high and then do night drop. How do you and I how do. do you how do you heat them? You keep the at least with the ones on the racks and then the one that you have kind of free floating in the kitchen. So, so my apartment um, has a fantastic air conditioner, and in South Florida, that's awesome. The one that's in the kitchen, he probably has the most dynamic of anybody. Because that kitchen, even though I keep the thermostat at probably like 72 or 73, that kitchen gets mighty cold. It probably gets into the high 60s some nights, especially if it's cold outside or cooler outside. Mm-hmm. His heat lamp is – I have a little um, Zilla halogen on top of him. Yeah. His heat lamp will probably 
hit about 90, 91 in the hottest spot. And he is usually burrowed up about two inches away from that. So I'm imagining it's probably high 80s. And then the cool side is easily 76 to 74. But at night, the whole thing is whatever the, the room is. So if the room is 68, his tank is 68. Mm-hmm. So he has that good definitive drop in the evening. As far as the stuff that's in racks, you know, I have uh, the Bavarian Electronics and I have my night drop. My night drop is usually, depending on the time of the year, depending on uh, whether I'm going to be breeding in, in the next couple of weeks or next couple of months, I regulate it where the hot spot on the back of the tub is going to be probably around 85-ish but the front is like 76. And then at nighttime, the whole thing is about 76. And some of these more arid species, they can get colder, you know, in winter, you know, the night drop can be more defined, say 15 to 20 degrees, in fact. But I don't necessarily do it unless it's breeding season because they really don't need it. You know, but they're, they're, they're still getting... They're diggers, so you're having to give them pretty decent amount of substrate, right? Yeah, I have on my breeder adults, I've got about four inches of sand. I use um, the Exoterra red dyed, you know, red desert sand, whatever mm-hmm. the hell I call it. I like the Exoterra because it's super duper soft. It's very, very, very tiny, tiny, yeah, tiny. Yeah, very little... fine. Yeah, very, very fine. Um, I've never had, I mean, I'll knock on wood, I've not yet had impaction issues. Mm-hmm. But from my study, from some friends that live over in Australia, these things always eat sand. That's just part of their life. <laughs> they evolved to eat. Right, exactly. Now, mouthfuls. my babies, babies don't get put on sand for at least the first five months of their life. It's probably worse. And I keep, them, I keep them on really, really thick paper towels. And that's because when I missed the one side, the paper towel soaks it in. It's adding humidity, but it's not so wet and gross that they're going to get blisters or over humidity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when in those first five, six months when they're learning to hunt, they're total morons. And they will literally <laughs> grab a giant mouthful of sand. So I can see where people have younger geckos that die from impaction. You know, they bring it to the vet, the vet necropsies it. Oh, look, a belly full of sand. Well, th- that doesn't happen in the wild. If it did, they'd be extinct, you know, eons ago. Yeah. So the gecko's always going to get a few little things of sand in its mouth. But their body's designed to poop that out. Mm. And I know it sounds gross, but I've cut open a lot of poop in my day. And there's always sand. You know, this is there. Um, It's kind of like, uh, we've all seen Jurassic Park, talking about gizzard stones. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no factual proof that I know of that says, hey, they help it for digestion. But I imagine it being very similar. Yeah. So I always have my adults on sand. Very rarely do they get a mouthful, and when they do, they sit there almost like a carpet python. They got a mouthful of aspen, and they go, ah, 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 and they <laughs> spit it all work out. It out yeah. um, I've also had a, a levy's levies throw up a belly full of sand, and mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was like, "What the hell is that?" And it looks like this crazy mummified cricket. And I cut it open, and it sure as crap. He just ate too much sand and was like, nope, that is not agreeing with me. It is coming out the front. But is it just sand that they're on, and then you just dampen it, and they dig their burrows in that? Or do you have, like, a separate hide? Right. So the way that I have my uh, Wheeler Isinctus is I have multiple hides. 
Um, I use stones, real flat pieces of red and brown shale that I get from garden stores and nurseries. Obviously, I, I treat it and I clean mm-hmm. it best I can and try and sanitize it and that kind of stuff. But I have, you know, this four or five inches thick of sand. I will bury the stones in there. I will get a good handful of corresponding aesthetically pleasing gravel. Mm-hmm. And I will throw that in there. Um, and I try and mix it up as much as possible. They're not just sitting on straight sand. You know, and I think that does help with their dive bombing a bug on the sand and getting yeah. a mouthful. It kind of breaks up the terrain, so to speak. Um, but I also missed it down at least, you know, three times a week. And I'm not soaking it. I'm just gingerly misting it. And what's going to happen is they're going to lick the dew off of the stones, um, off of the walls of the tub. Uh, I have some pieces of cork bark in there that I've buried at like different angles. Mm-hmm. So if they want to dig into it and dig underneath it, they can. And then now that the sand is dampened, they can make their tunnels. And then by morning, you know, when the quote-unquote sun comes up and the room gets a little warmer, they're out. They move. They find a new spot. Well, guess what? The next day when I missed it, it gets to get dug again. Mm -hmm. But have you ever used that excavator stuff? I have. In fact, right now my big female Gila monster has a 100-gallon tank that I did like 20 pounds of excavator clay Mm -hmm. for her. And I put all fake cactuses and crap in there, and she loves it. But I don't trust it because if I do mist it down, it turns back into mush. Yeah. I used it so, for uh, some dune scorpions once, and it, it worked pretty well. I was kind of amazed at how, how hard it got after it dried. Oh, it's 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 solid. And it looks really cool. Um, If you do a really thin coat of it, like a half an inch of it, mm-hmm. and then you blast it with heat, it gets the cracks. You know what I mean? Like those really cool fissures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks super cool if you do that, um, but I would never use it on the gecko simply because I'm afraid that if I misted it, it's going to turn back into mush. Mm-hmm. Now let's say they get They're it get around eye, or they get it around a digit. Now it's going to cut off the circulation to that toe. Like, you know, I get a little paranoid about it. They are my babies, you know. Yeah, that's a good. I didn't think about that either. That's a good point. Yeah, the um, but I try and make it like I said. I try and make it as naturalistic as possible, but people don't have to do that. You know, most of the great breeders that are in this country and in Europe and in Australia, they literally have a very, very simple setup. They have their tub, you know, whether it be a rectangle or a square. One side has a hide cave. The other side has a hide cave. And there's just sand. Mm-hmm. And that works. They do great with it. Yeah, it just most lets them have options. Have right. I'm a little more OCD with the I want them to be more naturalistic. And I've had a lot of stress issues that I want to eliminate by having them have the ability to make it their own. Yeah. I've, I've some of the setups I've seen for them that people have kind of done, like what you've done with your one in the kitchen that, you know, they, they went all out and did a nice sort of naturalistic setup. They look really cool. Look oh very yeah. They come, out, they come out great. Um, I will say this though. Uh, remember I said, I keep the babies for like five, six months on paper towels. Mm-hmm. I would say never set up a baby in a really crazy, beautiful, naturalistic vivarium until you know for a fact that they are great at hunting. Because I've had geckos where they started getting skinnier and skinnier. Yeah, they just weren't finding food. They're just not finding the food, yeah. Yeah. So I try for those animals, you know, I would take some of the decor out, make it easier to find stuff. And, And that also comes down to, we were talking about the roaches, you know. Bugs hide, man. Arthropods mm-hmm. like to hide. That's what they do. So I make sure that those those individual animals are eating their full before anything else happens. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I was going to bring up about sand is um, 
a very, very rare illness that I didn't even know it existed um, until it happened to one of my geckos. Have you guys ever heard of Pseudobuthalmos? For some reason, it sounds familiar to me. I don't. I don't. So maybe unless you've done a post about it, that it, it's ringing a bell. I, I don't. I, don't I know. did. I, I posted it when it happened to my gecko. Um, they call it PB disease. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Uh, PB. Basically, it only happens to geckos in the Carpathotilidae family. So knobtails don't have a normal eyeball like a lot of other geckos. They have almost a lens cap like a snake. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when a gecko dive bombs a bug, it gets a bunch of sand up its nose. A lot of times, you know, they huff and puff, the sand falls out, everything's cool. Sometimes it doesn't, and it gets stuck in their nasal cavity. Well, whatever side of their nasal cavity is blocked, the other side compensates by filling with liquid for whatever reason. And I may be describing this wrong. I'm not a vet, you know. Mm -hmm. But basically what happens is that opposite eyeball gets swollen with fluid and it gets hmm. gigantic now everything they're already read, pretty big as they're is. already pretty big we're talking like you duct taping a beach ball to your face <laughs> it's pretty that. scary looking right so there's two ways to cure it leave it alone and let nature do its thing or you can actually have a vet lancet and drain the fluid and underneath is a perfectly fine eyeball how do you do that on a four gram gecko right you don't you yeah. gotta just let nature do its thing so one of my babies from actually this one i got from sims at last daytona it's almost a year old and its eyeball is the same size as its face what yep and he's probably ugh, actually i think it's a girl she's probably maybe if i had to guess right around 10 or 11 grams maybe maybe more mm -hmm. i mean i'm guessing here you know um and that eyeball is gigantic I, i'm actually gonna I'll, I'll put a post up tomorrow with a, a current picture of it but as far as i can see um her fecal comes back perfect she's pooping she's eating she's happy she tries to bite me when i walk by it's hilarious <laughs> but her eyeball is gigantic so i always tell people make sure that this ha this happened when she was very very small mm -hmm. make sure that you do start them on paper towels just because those early months of them learning to hunt, it's it's a project, mm -hmm. you know, for you and for them. So just be, be mindful of it. Now, getting them sort of in the groove of hunting and finding food, do you think giving them, you know, like 10 or so high DI would be a bad idea? No, I don't think it would be a bad idea. I think they would focus on one or two animals and then the rest would just walk away. Yeah, You know what I mean? Um, they may catch one of them or two of them, and then the rest of them are hiding somewhere else. So that might work. Um, I I have had dart frogs before. I've had really, really tiny baby geckos before. I actually hate fruit flies. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have to, go for it. That's know, just it, something it, I was thinking about while you were talking about them. Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt. They it's, move it's, a honestly, lot. Like, you don't hurt. have that issue with fruit flies. Like, fruit flies are always moving. Right, right, exactly. You know, and Heidi are good size that, you know, they, they would be more than easily accessible to the gecko mm -hmm. i don't know it's just thought thinking out loud throwing, yeah. throwing my hat into the ring i love it and i'm actually i'm actually going to make sure that my local shop has them and i'm going to try them with those uh baby underwater because i'm looking at them and they could totally eat some high di mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, it wouldn't. It's also nice because then you're you're not overfeeding them in a sense. You know, it's, right. it's a pretty light meal, but it's an active and moving meal. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, are the are the males and females in these are they pretty easy to tell apart? Kind of like cresteds, where after a certain size, they get that bulge. Yeah, but it takes a real long time to get that size. Uh-huh. Some of them are a little more deceiving. Um, guys that have been doing this a long time, like your your pal Justin Julander, I guarantee you he could take the Pepsi challenge with a ton of geckos and he would get them all right. Me, I still have a hard time looking at them. When they get to that nine or tenth month old age, you can really start to tell. Uh-huh. Some guys can do it, you know, a month after they're born. Some guys say, no, let's wait for another year or two and see what it really develops. Um, I've been lucky. Mine have been, for lack of a better word, very well endowed. <laughs> so I can kind of tell what's what. Um, but it's it's something you most definitely want to wait on. Um, I also treat them just like I do with Morelia. Yeah, they can breed at two and a half years old, but right. don't do it. It's not Does right. That, just because they can doesn't mean they should. Exactly, exactly. They're the right size. They're the right body weight. They look good you're rushing it you know mm-hmm. just let them let them be at the right age to really get things going i know a lot of guys with knobtails they'll take a year off because some of the species produce more uh they have a better fecundity than other animals because they have a limited window to do it in um there's a great study that did a whole bunch of different geckos from australia in terms of their ovarian follicle development and testicular you know um action for lack of a better word mm-hmm. activity excuse me um and it shows month by month where their peaks are. And it's a direct correlation with food intake and seasonal rains and temperature increases and decreases and different fluctuations of weather patterns. But you'll see when it's time to breed, it's time to lay. Oh, look, there's another window of opportunity. Let's breed again, you know? So a lot of times there's these fluctuations and you kind of want to leave them alone. And how long does it take for you to incubate eggs? It depends on the species. Um, I always forget, to be brutally honest. I actually have my notes right here. Some of them are usually uh, a month or two. Some of them are a little longer. Um, it honestly comes down to the exact species. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see my notes real quick. That's crazy, because I'm still trying to figure out why crested takes so long to hatch. It's because they don't have to have heat. It's just, it's bizarre. The, yeah, those, those, those beautiful bookshelf eggs. <laughs> uh, just something that small can take that long, and I can have a whole clutch of carpet python eggs or a chondro eggs hatch, you know, 40 days, two months beforehand, a month and a half beforehand. So, yeah, all right. So, my synctus from last year were right around 60 days or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but depending on how old the female is and how many times she's bred, you may get a clutch of eggs every 33 days, 40 days. So it depends on how big the female is, how many times she's bred in her life, how active the male is, um, how much how much food she's getting, and how much calcium she's intaking as well. Because let's face it, that puts a lot of milk in the bones, so to speak. You know? Right. So a lot of times, they'll produce a lot of eggs, and then sometimes I've had girls, they only gave me two for the year. You know? But I mean, they're like cresteds in that they retain the sperm and they'll just pop out a clutch once a month for six I've had, eight months. No, no, they they don't, but they do. I've had ones retain sperm for one set. Or excuse me, they they bred, they laid they laid a clutch, and then I left them alone. They laid another clutch. Those were fertile. 
However, the third clutch were infertile. Hmm. So it, it depends that's, yeah, that's odd. I guess on, on mom, you know, and, and I'm not an expert. I'm not a scientist. I just, right. I'm just make observations, you know? Gotcha. They're cool, man. Super. You you gonna make it, dude? I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm not you look like you're hurting. Yeah. I, I, you know why, right? <laughs> no, I. I Broads is we're not like talking about Morelia. Yeah. No, I. He's, he's just. No, he looks, I watched Green Bay lose last night, and I was up till about two a.m. or one thirty, two a.m., and I was up at five thirty. This Who morning. were they playing again? We lost to Philadelphia. Oh, that's right. Um, but I was up at five thirty this morning to go to work, and uh, it's, it's starting to. Uh, you starting to feel it. Starting to punch me a little bit. I say, I notice your eyes are getting all bloodshot and yeah, stuff. I'm over I here am, watching you basically turn into a vampire. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together. I, I, I felt my head fall a few times. Nothing personal. Philly called no, you boring. Nothing personal, Phil. I am actually very, it, very it, interested it, in knobtails. I really love knobtails. I just. It I, is I, boring. No, it's not I've just had a horrible, really long powders, day. You start talking about you know. Poplins, it'll perk right back up. No, dude, I can't even. You get, mean IJs? I can't even get perky for Poplins right now. Perky for Poplins. Can that be a shirt? <laughs> That'd be my slogan. Shirt. You can have a shirt of like. JLV Morelia, perky for Poplins. Perky for Poplins. It just says perky across the chest, and then in really tiny letters it says Papu and Pythons. Uh, <laughs> Pines. Perky for Papayans. Forever uh, papayan boy. Yeah, uh, at least I'm not a midget man. Hey, hey. I hey. got nothing to hide. <laughs> nothing. Uh, you smoke any good cigars lately? Talking to me? Yeah. Um, no, I've been out of it. Actually, uh, a couple friends were going to the cigar bar tonight, and I was like, "No, nah, man, I got to do one of the best podcasts ever." Hey. What? Yeah. Yeah, but there's a Liga dog. Privada number nine with my name on it as soon as we're done. Hey. Hey. I had a feral the other day. Really good. Nice. Nice. Gotta love them feral pigs. Very good cigars. Still hooked, nice. on, still hooked on Robocraft. Do I, do I need to let y'all talk cigars? No, is that no man. Wrong we don't have to talk about geckos anymore. I mean, they're super boring. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to talk about, Brats? Yeah. I don't have anything. Spitting cobras. Uh, Go. Spitting cobras. They spit. Don't buy them. (laughs) Does it make Uh, your butthole pucker up as much as it does mine when you see free handling on Instagram? uh, Um, it depends on the scenario. I just see that stuff and it just makes me like my stomach just drops. I'm like, I know what's gonna happen. Like this is just. There's actually a video of a guy with some kind of small little tree viper. It's got to be in Asia somewhere. Um, cause I, the audio is really weird and I don't, I can't even decipher what language it is, but the dude is feeding this viper on the floor. Yes. I saw that the oh other day. You saw that. It was a, uh, yeah, it yeah, was a, uh, that was a, um, uh, a squam, squam, wasn't no, it? No, 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 no. It was a, uh, I thought it was Gloidius. Oh, I'm Gloidius? thinking of an uh, older video. Some species of yeah, Gloidius. That, that was a, that was atrocious, man. I really yeah. watch it. And I'm like, why am I watching him feed a... Oh, shit! Shot right oh, over the tongs oh, and nailed him right... Oh, the guy where he's holding the yep, tongs, yep, yeah. we got him right over that first uh, oh, knuckle Oh, dude, that was his. so cringy, And man. it was in there, too. Like, oh, you could see that it. That was so cringy. 
It's like, yeah. what like the, the fuck? Asian version of an Akistradon, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah, I know exactly what, yeah. Have you guys ever seen Dynakistradon Akutus? Yeah. Those things are gnarly. Yeah. Your mama heard of Those things it? are gnarly. That's a bad gnarly. bite, too. That's a really gnarly bite. Yeah. Well, I used to have a pair of them back in the day, and they weren't like, they didn't keep me on edge, but it was just like, is it gonna be nice? <laughs> what's it mood? What's its mood gonna be like today? Let's roll those I, dice. Like, I feel like they give you that cock cock head look, you know, with their heads tilted yep. to the side. And they're like, "Are you really gonna pick me yep. up today?" That that Akistradon twitch, is yeah. what I call it, where like you walk by and they're like, <laughs> "Hello." <laughs> <You just see. laughs> like yeah. the squirrel, the squirrel yeah. twitch. They just because that's how yes. I just describe Akistradon. Period. They're just like. They they're that, twitchy. They that, they're little they're tweakers, like pygmy, man. Pygmy rattlesnakes are like that too, yeah. man. Pygmy rattlesnakes will just like sit there and like just like bob their heads. Like little Florida meth heads. Like... Like... <laughs> that's it, man. They're that's exactly. That's, that's what food? pygmies are. Oh, my totally dusky. Totally dusky. Totally dusky, dude. Uh, I don't know. Those man. ones I took pictures of at P and Cody's, the uh, the pygmies were. They're pretty well behaved for the most part. That one, the one that I got pictures of the most, because one of them was under the hay. It wasn't really like, it's like I ain't, I ain't feeling you, dude. The other one was kind of just there, and it kept trying to like escape. And I was like, no, come back with a little hook. Well, well, one of us has dealt with pygmies in the wild, so these were two wild ones that P and Cody found on the property. I think I know what. (laughs) I've never had luck keeping a pygmy contained. On a field herb. I want a pygmy <laughs> so bad, dude. Yeah, dude, they're hard. I found a bunch. I found a bunch in Florida on a herping trip that I went on, and they're just oh, they're so cool. But you know, yeah, they're, little. They're, I was like trying to listen to the rattle on this one. I was like watching yeah, it go. All year is like, all year is like, look. Yeah, I was like, it's tiny. It's a spicy sprinkler head. Exactly. Literally. You know, Tim Morris when we were there too. He he saw a coral snake. Go under P and Cody's porch. Mm. Like we were sitting there, and I came around the corner from the house because I went over to the rat barn or something for something. I don't remember what it was. Or I went inside to get a drink. I don't remember. And uh, Tim was like, Yeah, there was a coral snake just a second ago. I was like, What? He's like, Yeah, no way. I just watched it go under the porch. It was like 10 a.m. I was like, Damn. We never saw it. Awesome. Awesome, man. It may have not even happened. Tim may have been lying to us. (laughs) Tim ain't a liar, though. Tim ain't that kind of guy. Tim's a straight shooter. Nice. Yeah, yeah, corals are awesome. They it's are. just a pain in the ass to feed them. Yeah, we had one at the at Spring Island when I was working at the Nature Center there. Yeah. We had one, and we had a little freezer full of, like, green snakes and some small corns. And... Oh, that's good. That's yeah, lovely. it was a pain, though. Those things are just they're yeah, not meant for captivity. I, yeah, that's, like, one just, of the few species just that's just not... They, they just don't, don't do well. Doesn't work. Like mud snakes. Yeah. Mud snakes don't... You can't... They just don't do it in captivity. I think Jack... Yeah, Fas- I mean, is mud- it Jack Facente? That has all the corals there in Florida somewhere? Uh, I, I don't know. I think he tube feeds all of his, though. He does, like, the Bill Haas thing where uh, he just has, like, a pumper. And he just yeah, goes yeah, through the collection and hits them, yeah. and that's it, you know? That's the, Yeah, that's... but he's got he's got a reason to do it, you know what right, I mean? I, don't, right. I, I would feel bad. Yeah, I would, He too. does venom production for yeah, coral snakes, that, just so everyone knows. That's one of those yeah. things. It's like, it's not... I really want to get him on the show. It's not a want. Like, it's a... He has to do it. I really want to get him on. Cause he does. He just has. He has a whole rack, and it's just all fulvius. And I think he has some of the Texas and the uh, Arizonas, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, nice. Yeah, cool. I mean, he just goes through and he milks them and 
feeds him and does his thing, and I think he's the only guy who has the patience for it. I'm sure Carl. I I would say he's definitely the only guy who has the patience for it. I'm sure. I was gonna say I'm sure Carl Barton has some too that he does, but yeah, yeah. He I'm sure he has plenty of that commodity. Yeah. The uh, I was actually in Arizona this past March. Um, It's a friend of mine. She's a professor. She was going for a doctorate. And she says, hey, you know, why don't you come out and, you know, help me teach some undergrads how to do a field survey? I was like, rock and roll. Let's do this. You know, Phoenix, Arizona, blah, blah, blah. One kid showed up because she scheduled it during spring break, which was probably not the best idea. Oh, my God. Where is everybody? Look at your calendar. Five days in the desert, I found one baby pyrus, and that was it. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, we found some other stuff, like some some smaller lizards, found a baby horned toad, like or horned lizard, excuse me, and that was cool. But yeah, but those like, those are like the rattlesnake dream for yeah. me. Like that's like the one species of rattlesnake that I would I really, 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 really want. Oh, they're awesome, man! They're, they're awesome. so pretty. I actually have a. You ever see the Franklin Mountain banded rocks? Mm-hmm. There's black silver, black silver, black. I have a male. I need to get a female. I keep backburnering it. And every year he looks at me like, bro, I thought you were giving me a girlfriend. <laughs> Help. I'm lonely. <laughs> Conjugal vision. So, it's so cold in this vision. It's so cold. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're at an hour and a half. Nice. We will definitely have to get you back on to get more into Venomous stuff because Venomous sure. shows are always sure. in demand and I'm always anxious to talk about them. Yeah. And Knobtails are boring as hell. <laughs> they're not boring. They're really cool. Dude, I honestly <laughs> love Knobtails. I, like, I'm not I wanted some lie. and then I saw the price tags at Daytona. I was like, mm, that's Chondro money. That You can't gauge that. It's Chondro money, man. Yeah. Chondros. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Any money I spend, I'm like, this could go towards like bear rat snakes. More, more popular chondros. I'm almost regretting not getting one of those really dark bredelii that that Jordan Parrot had on his table that I got that uh, hypo bear from. I don't know if you saw those or not. He had two female bears and they were super dark. Nice. Kind of. I really love dark bredelii. Like I can't stress that enough. I love the bredelii that are like almost black in that back half. Oh, those yeah. ones would have been it. The Sharpie marker tail? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's where it's at. There's, there's one, man, there was one at Columbia, the Columbia show a couple years ago that was, like, entirely almost black. <sighs> really? Yeah, it was a male, but it was kind of thin looking, kind of sickly. What's funny like, is when you guys had... Pitch uh, black. When you guys had Casey on the first time, and he was talking about the two different lines and the ones having, like, the big fat pit bull heads. Mm-hmm. Ever since he said that, now I notice it. And I almost I almost wish he had never mentioned it. Because now I'm it. like, oh, it's got the head. It's got the head. <laughs> Damn. It's like the Condors from uh, Lake Katubu. Me and Justin Wilbanks were talking about that on the uh on the PNG side of right. Papua. The side that we don't get anything from. There's this one yes. lake with this locality, and they're like the anti-chondra. Like, they almost look more like an emerald tree bone than they do a chondra. Like, the head shape is just blocky and mm-hmm. big, and, sh- like, the snout is short, and they have, like, nice. almost black backs. Jeez. They're really That's odd. Cool. And apparently they get huge compared to other localities. Like, they get really big. But you see pictures of these things, and I was like, these are kind of, like, it's cool, but they're kind of ugly at the same time because they just, they look like 
a Minecraft version of a Contro. Yeah. Like <laughs> the face is just blocky and it's yeah. really bizarre. But dollar store version. I don't know. That's interesting, but I don't. I'm so. That's that something I've been, cool as shit though. Think about it though. Think about what the pop ones on that side look like, or what they could well, look let me like. Ask you, is is the country of Papua New Guinea closed to export, or we just don't have contacts there? There's political issues there. Like, everything uh, we get from Papua is from the left side of that country. Like, it's pretty much divided straight right. down the middle. So we have right. West Papua, which is where all the stuff we get comes from, and then you have Papua New right. Guinea, which is the right side, which we have nothing coming from. Right. And the, the left side is owned by Indonesia, and they don't give a crap. Yes, I, I believe so. But I so. guess the, the country of PNG, they do. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds like we need to send some liaisons. Yeah. I'll go be a representative. It'll be like that movie, uh, The Interview. I'll do it. Exactly. We should totally do that. But I'm just so curious to see what the condor localities on that side look like, man. Hey, oh, yeah. Just think about it. Think about all the stuff with the scrubs. You know, if there's scrubs on that side, think about what those look like. Get you excited. I, honestly, brats. One of my, we were talking about dream trips in the beginning of the show. One of my dream trips would be to go to, oh, crap, now I can't remember the name of the town, but wherever Dr. Williams is, and see some real life Papuan Taipans in the wild. That's a dream trip. I would. Lo- I, I would, would love like to go to there see, too. I, I just... would like to see Papuan Taipans. I heard those hands down. Those I don't want to really be like some cool. sort of human sacrifice in like the Green Inferno. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, his uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Williams' right hand man, uh, Owen, him and I used to bullshit on Facebook a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dude takes beautiful sunset pictures and also is a literal mongoose when grabbing Taipans. It's awesome. Crazy. But you guys definitely got to check it out. They actually uh, they produced a new anti-venom, I guess, maybe two or three years ago mm-hmm. that is specifically for the Papuan subspecies, but it doesn't have to be refrigerated. Well, that's handy. So, Oh, yeah. And instead of being like $1,000, it's like 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. So they're actually bringing it to all these little mountain towns out mm-hmm. in PNG and like giving it to people that don't have you know, electricity. It's like, you give it a bad Taipan. Put this up in you, you know? I'd be interested to see the little small-eyed snakes, too, because I remember Mark O'Shea used to do... He had a couple episodes oh, yeah. of his show where he talked about those a lot, and you don't, really don't see anything about those anymore. Oh, yeah, the crazy, like, marbled patterns yeah, and textures. bizarre little super hot snakes that people are getting bit and killed by. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like land sea snakes. It's really bizarre. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Double negative land sea snake, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but where can, uh, where can people find you, man? Um, I'm on Instagram. It's knobtails.ig. Um, for right now, I'm just going to keep it there. I'm not selling anything. I'm just doing this because I love geckos. Um, feel free to come by and take a look. Um, most of the stuff is a lot of reposts from other people simply because I just want people to love geckos the way that I love geckos. And I do post a bunch of my own pictures. Um, there's going to be some more stuff once I get more babies rolling. Maybe I'll make sort of a business into it. I don't know. I kind of want to just keep it fun. Playing it by ear. That's yeah, kind of winging it. it, you know? Yeah. 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 If you uh if you want to see some covers and stuff, I got another page. It's called Phil the Wolf on Instagram. Feel free to check it out, but it's mostly just cigars and, you know, the occasional cobra. So if you don't like that, I mean just those are plenty of good things. There's no reason yeah. not to follow that. I gotcha. I gotcha. But yeah, that's about it for right now. More stuff to come in the future. More stuff. Awesome. 
Well, we appreciate you yeah, coming we really on, man. Appreciate you coming on, man. We really thanks for having this. me, guys. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the show, and like to be on it is just freaking awesome. Uh, thanks, man. We really appreciate and you got that. some sh- you got a shirt or two yesterday too. So thank you for I that. Did. Nice. I did. I did. I finally you. I finally pulled the trigger on that. Carpets rule everything around me. Yeah, he got it. one of the cream nice. shirts, one of the Wu Tang shirts. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right, man. All we'll right, definitely man. get you back on here. There. We appreciate the support, bro. Oh, hell yeah. Too many stories to not not go on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You'll come back. All right. All right, man. All right, guys. Well, Thanks so much. Have a good night. You too. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye. 54. Dude, I, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm dying. You're struggling. I am. I can see it in your like dead I, little eyes. Yeah, I'm. All right. Well. Episode 54. That was good. I, I enjoyed talking with him. Yeah. He's a real cool cat. I enjoyed hanging out with yeah, him, man. He, he sounds like, it's just like you said, man, it just sounds like somebody you'd know forever. Yeah. Honestly, like, he started Never messaging me. He started messaging me on Instagram, and, like, I honestly, I didn't know who he was at first until you mm-hmm. brought it up. But if, when we started talking, I was just shooting shit with him. I yeah, had no man. idea who this guy was. And then you, I realized I put two together. I was like, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the, that guy. Yeah. It's the wolf pack. Yeah, so it made much more sense, and, yeah. Well, Super cool guy, that guy though. Like I'm glad we got him on. He's he's yeah. been anxious to come on and talk knobtails with us. So yeah, it's like, hey man, let's make it happen. So well, this I all would... worked out. Yeah. Uh, thank oh. you to our sponsors, uh, Steve Snakeuary. Get you some venom hot sauce. <laughs> Try it. It's very good. It's delicious. Get him on his website. It's so good. Why are you yelling? I think my parents are down the stairs sleeping. Oh, idiot. Sorry. Steve Snakeuary, follow him on Instagram, Steve's underscore Snakeuary. And uh, follow him on Facebook at Steve Snakeuary. Check out his website, uh, uh, com. And Fishhead Diagnostics, as always, share knowledge, not Nido. If you need you a test kit, Go get hit him up. If you have any questions, Fishhead Diagnostics. hit him up. Instagram, Fishhead Diagnostics. Facebook, Fishhead Diagnostics. Me, at Palmetto Goes Exotics. Me, JLB Morelia. JLB, narcolepsy. Hmm? You narcoleptic. No. JLB sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Here we go night night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will see y'all next week. All right, so. Peace. Peace.